I got this massive tax bill. So um, I forget what year it was. Twenty. So it's probably 2020 mm-hmm. uh, or 2019 actually. I got a massive tax bill and I crushed it that year. And I just remember getting the tax bill. I was like, what the? Like this is crazy. I like you're gonna. They want this much for me. And I got out and bought this huge, you know, this super expensive Lamborghini, and I was living in a crazy expensive place, probably the most expensive place in Miami. Was, yeah, yeah. I think it's a thousand museum. Thousand museum. It's like super affluent people there, and um, I was like, man, f this. Like, I work all the time. I'm busting my ass. Like, I'm going to Puerto Rico. Like, I'm gonna save all this money because it's four percent tax. Welcome to another episode of the E-Formula Podcast. I have a special, special guest in the house tonight. I have Tanner Sinister. Yeah, welcome this, to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. So excited to be here. Yeah, this, is, this is epic. You are actually one of the first people I had in mind when oh, I started awesome. the podcast. I'm like, imagine <laughs> Tanner in the house. The amount of value that people oh, are going to get. Tanner has made over $350 million in sales. With your clients. Yeah, with the clients, yeah. And you personally, in your agency, over 50 million. Yeah, about, yeah. Mm-hmm. How many years? Just like a little, like under, like a little over four. It's like a little over four. So the first year we did a million and then it took off like a ship. So wow. if that first year had been more, it would have been probably a little sooner, but. This is epic, guys. <laughs> you guys are getting a ton of value. A lot of the question I'm gonna ask tonight is pretty much something that me personally gonna benefit a lot from. So you guys are really in for a trip. Tanner, it's, it, didn't, it didn't start just like that. You had your, your moments, oh, yeah. the rough path. Yeah. Can you give people a little bit of insight on how everything got started? Sure. The first battle next sure. and the beginning of the journey. Yeah, so just cut me off if I go too long. But, um, so I grew up in a family of seven kids. So I got four sisters, I got two brothers. Yeah, tons of kids. Uh, LDS, so Mormon, if you've like, heard of that. That was how I was raised. My dad was really conservative. Uh, similar like a pastor or a oh. preacher is kind of like how you can picture that. Uh, my mom stayed at home and then I grew up pretty sheltered. So I, I guess you could say I was kind of weird. Uh, my sisters would do like tea parties and dress up wow. and my dad just, I guess he just let it happen. <laughs> and then, uh, as I got older, I got made fun of a little bit because of it. And around probably sixth grade is when I realized, Hey, people were making fun of me. And I just, I don't know, I just remember at the time I was such an, I felt like I was such a nice kid and I tried to be nice people and I was so used to my parents being that way that it really kind of shocked me that people would just like, you know, put kids down and stuff like that. So I remember I went home and I told my dad, hey, I'm going to start working out so I can beat their ass. Like that's what I told him. <laughs> and so my sisters would go to Bible study around like, I don't know, five something in the morning um, before school. Mm-hmm. And so my mom would drop me off at the gym and I start training and I stuck with it. Like, it was really hard. Uh, you know, I was like, first I was 12. Second, you know, I was going through puberty. Third, it just, like, it hurt. You know, like, lifting weights yeah. for the first time hurts. I was like, man, how do people do this? Like, this is so painful. But I stuck with it. And three months later, um, started getting, like, compliments from girls. And, like, my teachers were like, dude, like, are your parents feeding you steroids? I was like, yeah, like, okay. <laughs> and uh, I started really excelling at sports. And so I saw that as, like, hey, if I put in hard work, and I do the right thing, like good things will happen. Uh-huh. And so I started taking sports really seriously because I saw um, the effort I put in the gym was translating sports. And uh, did that all through high school and college. Like I was captain of my football team, got some offers, and my whole goal was playing the NFL. That was my whole life. Wow. And around 22, that dream kind of ended. Um, I had been hurt a lot of times. I also think I wasn't good enough. I've played with multiple first round draft picks. Uh, some mm. of them were pro bowlers. So I played with some really top talent. Um, and when, so when that ended, I started, I was still going to school and I had good grades. Thankfully, a lot of football players, they don't talk about this on ESPN, but like 90% of football players, when their career's over, they have a terrible life because yeah. all they've done is barely get C's. They have no backup plan. They've like, they don't know how to do entrepreneurship. And so their lives are usually a lot worse. That's the sad part. Um, yeah, yeah. And they don't talk about it. And so I had a mentor and he's like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, man, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be an engineer. I want to play in the NFL. And he's like, okay, so like, what are your goals? And I said, I just want to make a lot of money. And the reason is just how I was raised. It was always really tight. I wasn't poor. Um, 
definitely middle class, maybe middle class or lower middle class, but I just never had a lot. And I think it was just, we had so many kids and my parents were always budgeting. Wow. So he convinces me to drop out and my whole family's like super against it. Uh, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me because of it. Her, yeah. Her mom was like, you're crazy. And I was like, man, maybe I am crazy. Like, I didn't know if I should do it. And so for the first two years, I made no money. Um, but I go into his office every day, he has a little stay at home office wow. and I'm working and he's teaching me everything about like websites and funnels and emails and all these things that it was like a PhD in business. Like I wow. didn't realize at the time. So I'm getting older though. So I'm like 24 now and I'm like, man, I, I, I can't keep coming to your office. Like I'm living at my parents' house. I got to get out of here. So I go up to Utah where more family is and I start, um, getting a job as a server and I do door to door sales. And then finally I turn 25 and I'm just like, okay, like if I don't figure it out this year, like I'm done it's, because, it's really yeah, because I just feel like a loser. And, and especially as an athlete, like that's your whole identity. And so when that's done, you just feel like nothing, nothing because else. people are like, Oh, like, yeah, you're done. You're not playing football anymore. Like you're not cool. Um, and so it was that year I saw this ad, um, and it was how to build an online fitness business. Wow. Right. And I, I wasn't even really on social media. In fact, I thought most people, I'm like, man, you guys are losers. Like, I'm not spending my time on social media, which is ironic now, right? And uh, I click on it. I pay them. It was a high-ticket fitness program. It's like $5,000. I paid $3,000 on a credit card. I had two grand in my bank account. That was all I had. And that was the other reason I did it is after two years of working my ass off, I was like, I have the same amount of money I started with. Like, the same amount, right? Because all, all I did is make a little more, but my expenses just matched it. That was it. And so I get in there, and I'm like, all right, I don't want to watch any of this. Just tell me what to do. Like, I started watching videos. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing this. Like, it's all this like mindset, motivational stuff, which is not bad. Just for me, I'm like, okay, I just need the facts. I'm motivated enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he he goes, look, message people, get them on a call, close. And I just done door to door sales, so I was like lights out with sales. So I started messaging people, and I sell my program. Uh, I started with 1,500, and then I worked up to 3,200 for a four month program, mm. and I made 10 grand in a week. Wow. And I was like, oh shit, like I figured it works. out. That's why I call my parents and I'm like, yo, can I come home and pay you guys a thousand bucks a month? And then just like work there. And my dad's like, all right. So I go home and then I start working like 16 to 18 hours a day. I do a million dollars that year. Wow. Start, start, people start finding out about me. So these trainers were like, hey, like, like, dude, can you show me? I'm like, nah, I don't really want to do that. I don't really like business coaches, you know? And they're like, please, like, all right. So I started doing that. Yeah, so I did that. And then we did $10 million the next year. And then more people started asking. And then the next year we did 15. And then, you know, it's just kind of taken off from there. So that's how Elite Seals was born is I started in fitness and that was my passion. But as I did well, people just asked. And I was like, all right, like, yeah, and, and when you've done it, you're just showing people you're exactly showing what you're doing. Exactly. So that's kind of like that was kind of a long explanation, wow. but that was but a this, journey. this give like this pretty much breaks down the whole thing. You know, now yeah. I see you're like really close with your brothers. Yeah. So when you yeah. move back back in the house and they were seeing that all the things that is happening, <laughs> your brother did that decide to drop off too. Drop yeah. Off too, or yeah. So they. My brothers definitely thought like I was stupid and, and like my youngest brother Gentry, like I mm -hmm. love him to death and he's actually matured a lot, a lot. I mean, he's wow. probably more mature than me in some ways now, but he would say comments like, yeah, dude. So like, how's your business going? And he knew it wasn't going well. And I was like, man, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> um, but it's cool now because once it took off, I was actually able to bring them into the, business, into the business and they make more money now than they ever would have before. And they earn it. Don't get me wrong. Like they're it's not like it's a gift, but it's cool when you can, you need like COOs and you need CMOs and you need team members. And so instead of paying a random individual, it's your family. 100%. And it's cool because you're like, what yeah. you're doing is directly impacting them. And then they're also helping me. And there's that trust. Like we just have this trust that, That's you know, you can't get, you yeah, you can't get from anywhere else. And most people, it doesn't work out. And so it's cool that it's actually worked out for us. And 100%. yeah, we've been working together now like five years. Wow. That's powerful. One of the things that you also mentioned is, yeah. you know, the ad that you saw, right? Yeah. The five thousand yeah. dollars, and I believe that you had the confidence to take on that because you was 
under extreme pressure. You worked for somebody for two years that barely paid you anything, mm -hmm. but what that did did for you, it kind of actually gave you the mindset. You had right. like you're ready to become an entrepreneur, pretty much. Yeah. Because you was trained for two years, you've been alongside an entrepreneur. Yeah. But what happened right now? I believe that many people we got the opportunity right and was ready to receive it. Like me personally, also I saw a biopractor video, mm -hmm. you know, you know, talking about SEO and stuff, and I bought into it. Eight grand, my two years life saving. Yeah. Jump into the program and then crushed it six, awesome, six, six years later, here we are. Yeah. But I believe that a lot of people out there are not going to receive the same opportunity, or at least they would see it, but they don't believe in themselves enough to make the move. Mm -hmm. So like, what would you say to somebody that is in that type of position? Yeah. Like, what give you the, the courage and, you know, and the ability to just be like, okay, I'm gonna take that $5,000 off. Yeah, I, I mean, for me personally, I can only speak from my experiences, I was just so sick of it. Like, so when I was 22 and I kind of started, you have to understand my whole life at that point was football. So most people, they're starting at like 18, where they're like, do I go to college? Do I start a business? I didn't really have that decision until I'm 22. Mm -hmm. And then I started and a lot of people, oh, you're so young, you know, you're, you're good. You don't have to figure it all out. And, and so I was like, oh, okay. Like, so I don't really have to make progress right now. That's kind of, that's why sometimes I don't like people's advice because they make sounding mediocre or like not yeah. doing well okay. okay. And so finally, once I hit 25, I was like, okay, no, they're full of shit now. Like they're <laughs> telling me it's okay, but like I'm 25, like I gotta figure my shit out. I've been out of high school for seven years, right? And so I just basically said, look, I don't know what to do. I tried it my way, right? Because at first I went to hire coaches. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do this on my own, like everything else. Like I'm the one who got scholarship offers. I'm the one who like, you know, became captain of the football team. I had straight A's, like all that type of thing. It's a lot of ego. And I didn't realize that I just didn't know what I didn't know. And yeah. so I finally got to the point I said, you know what? I'm not, it's not working my way. I obviously don't know what I'm doing. There's people who are having success. Like I would see like Billy Jean's ad and yeah. other people like that. I'm like, dude, he can't be better than me, right? Not in a cocky way, just like, yeah. he can't be better than me, right? And so 100%. I finally just said, you know what, I, I'm just going to do this. I, I have to make it work. I just paid everything I had. And I just had the belief. I was like, it's going to work. I, I didn't even have the thought that it wouldn't work. I was scared, of course. But I was like, oh, yeah, like this is a program. It has to work. And then I just went all in. And I think, obviously, the door-to-door -door sales and some of the things I've done in the past helped me. Built you up. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I just didn't have a choice. Like, I just came to the point where I said, I'm either going to be successful or be homeless. Like, I was willing to be homeless. And... There's not a lot of people who will. Like, they'll say, that, like, I'll do anything, but they really won't. Yeah. And I literally would have done anything. So, yeah, this, is, this is incredible. Just the mindset, the yeah. mindset of, like, you know, venturing out into the unknown. It's yeah. like, hey, this is all I have, and I'm committed to this. So, I know it's, it wasn't a smooth ride since, like, you got into the program and you, you know, like the first first engagement you had, because, you know, people are gonna get into programs. We have a program that we ran and it closed last year. Helping people start their own marketing agency, and nice. you see people on board, they would pay for the program, they would get in, and literally not do anything. Yeah, literally okay. not all do the time. Anything. And, and every and program, they'll pay and yeah. leave. I'm like, what? Wh why do you pay if you're not gonna go through it? Yeah. And so, like, I've, I've I always know that, like, from my own perspective, I think that they're just overthinking about the amount of work that would be required. Oh yeah. To do it and the amount yeah. of knowledge that they would have to you know, create to be able to yeah. break through and that scares them away. I know you maybe kind of had the experience of like, okay, this is going to take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. What was like the techniques and ways that you used to leverage, that you have leverage to assimilate the content to be able to execute? Yeah, so going to your point, I think the first thing is that, yeah, they, they underestimate how hard it will be. Yeah. Right? Like they underestimate... It's not that it's, it, it, and here's the thing, the path is usually straightforward. It's just, it's like digging a hole. So like, just cause digging a hole is like straightforward, it doesn't mean it's not hard, right? Like if you dig a six foot hole, it's gonna take you hours and yeah. hours and hours and it's hard, but it's straightforward. So I think that's where a lot of people fall off. They think they buy something and then it's just gonna give them these magical results. Right away. And it's just like building your body. And, and that was what helped me. Cause as a bodybuilder, when I was like modeling and I was in sports, I was like, you know what? Like I can get huge, but I have to, bust my ass like it's hard um so for me ironically like when i started my business i actually wasn't doing a lot of content and stuff what i did is i just realized i said look the more people i message 
the more people who respond, the more calls I get, the more sales I make. So my first year of business where I did a million dollars, I did zero content, which is crazy to think wow. now. But I had all these posts on Instagram. I stopped posting altogether, and I just messaged every single follower. I was like cold DMing people. I was going in Facebook groups, and I just got as many calls as I could, and I closed them. And that was actually cool for me to see because, like, that's I think that's probably why I thought like social media and content was stupid because I'm like. I post all this content and no one cares and then I just message them and they buy. Um, but yeah, for me, um, that's what I did. Um, and to, I think to your point, just people underestimate how hard they have to work. And because I've worked so hard all those years before, doing 16, 18 hour days didn't bother me. It wasn't. I was willing to give yeah. stuff up for it. It didn't matter. Yeah. Wow, yeah. this is powerful. This is like literally, you know, entrepreneurship, people only document the glamour, the glamour, the glimpse, the penthouses, yeah, the beautiful views. Right. But you don't actually get to see you know, the hard stuff. I remember like when I started the, the program was, you know, just came from Africa. My English wasn't that at all. Like right. good luck trying to understand somebody that did <laughs> yeah. a course about marketing, right? <laughs> so I paid for the program, I got in, I'm like, holy shit, what is that? Right. I literally could not understand anything. And oh, I'm like, man. that's the biggest mistake of my life. And I'm like, I've caught myself like, listen, this is all you got now. You don't have no other options. That's and the commitment like is what, what 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 led me to have the breakthrough that I have. But that's what's cool about immigrants too, because what I've seen is like there's a almost always like Gary Vee basically was an immigrant. Patrick David Bett was an immigrant. Yeah. And like you see these people come over here and it's it's a totally different mindset because their parents were like that. They're like, I am coming to America, I can't speak English, I have to make it work. And so like to your credit, it's it's hilarious how like you can come here and not speak English and do better than someone who was born here probably with more privilege more money or whatever else and they speak English like so I think that's just a testament to you and I think people who are born into really good situations it's actually at a detriment to them uh, like I, I'm glad I wasn't born into like a super wealthy family because I never would have figured this stuff out and it, because my dad would just hand it to me and I saw that actually because I grew up in a more privileged uh, neighborhood like but they would have one kid and we had seven so I, I felt like my dad was just really good with his money we weren't like again we weren't poor but we definitely were not like way well off or something and so i think my dad not giving me stuff making me work like all those types of things it was such a blessing in hindsight because i hated him at the time but now i go to my dad and my dad's like someone's like what's the best thing your dad ever did i was like my dad taught me how to work Touch like my dad taught me how to work literally. and he didn't give me anything that was a benefit because when you can't get bailed out by your parents it forces you it's like i'm either gonna have a terrible life or i'm gonna figure it out and that's yeah, like, sounds like, like what you did. Like, exactly. That sounds like what you did. Literally, what like, I always tell people, we're not the type of people that wish for, like, misfortune. Yeah, right. But right. if you find yourself in one, be grateful because you get a, a unique opportunity to learn something oh, yeah, or to trans, uh, transcend at something that not many people are going right. to have the experience to go through. Right. And when you go through it, you have the perspective. You have the left, you have the right. Imagine you want to take a pathway, right, that you have walked through already Right. compared to somebody that have not even, like, explored the other side of the road. Yeah. And that's where the hard stuff is. You went through it, you came back to the village, a <laughs> change, man. You know, you went through yeah. it. Your journey, imagine you have to compete with someone that have not experienced that. It's never going to be the same. Right. So I believe that that's an unfair advantage. And just understanding for anybody that is watching, thinking about entrepreneurship, just understanding that it's not going to be easy. Take that mindset out of the equation because it's not. It's going to require a lot of work. It's going to require a lot of sleepless nights. But what's harder is the alternative being at the position where you have to go into a job that you don't like 24-7 every day pretty much, mm -hmm. right? So there's a price to pay in both sides. 100%. But the price to pay, at least towards yourself, is much better than the price to pay, you know, like when you're not getting anything in return. Yeah, and it's like, and the funny thing is like, you don't have anything to lose. And that was, a, I think, again, people say stuff and then like when you experience it, it's mm -hmm. different because uh, when I started at 22 or 23, I was like, I had $2,000. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna do it my way. Like, I'm not gonna hire people. I'm not gonna do a coach. And like, I'm gonna be farther ahead. And literally two years later, I, I'm looking at my bank account. I'm like, yo, this is the same amount. <laughs> so I so I was like, I've just wasted two years of my life. And that's when I was like, I'm not wasting any more time. So I just, I have to pay someone who knows more than me. And so it just was like a no brainer because I was like, where you're at, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like I'm tired of serving. I'm tired of doing door to door. I'm tired of being a loser. I think some people are just not, they actually don't care that much. Like they, they're okay with where they're at. 
And so they don't take the hard steps. That's yeah. just my personal opinion. I think it's it's a hundred percent true. It's just like it, it, don't realize that it gets worse. Right. The, the comfort zone gets smaller and smaller right. and smaller. The more you grow, the yeah. more time change. Yeah. If you're alone, life is good. But imagine you have a <laughs> wife that's gonna wake you up and tell you there's no milk for the kids. Yeah. You have to get out and figure that out, right? So when did you move to Miami? Twenty twenty. So I moved to Miami like three-ish years ago, and then I had that little short stint in Puerto Rico. Mm. Uh, but I came right back. I was there are for you, a year. I came right back. Yeah. Are you? You are actually one of the ones that moved to Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah, one of the dumb ones. Man. <laughs> one of the dumb ones. And it was the same. Like it's the same money, right? And but I think uh, that's actually interesting because I got this massive tax bill. So um, I forget what year it was. What twenty? So it's probably twenty twenty mm-hmm. uh, or twenty nineteen. Actually, I got a massive tax bill and I crushed it that year. And I just remember getting the tax bill. I was like, what the. Like, this is crazy. I, like, you're going to, they want this much from me? And I got out and bought this huge, you know, this super expensive Lamborghini. And I was living in a crazy expensive place. Probably the most expensive place in Miami. Was, yeah, yeah. I think it's a thousand museum. museum. Yeah, thousand thousand museum. museum yeah. It's like super affluent people there. And um, I was like, man, F this. Like, I work all the time. I'm busting my ass. Like, I'm going to Puerto Rico. Like, I'm going to save all this money because it's 4% tax, right? So I go down there. Everything's fine at first. I'm coming back every weekend though. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a two hour flight. So I'm like, it's fine. Like I'll come back and forth. Uh, but then I get to the end of the year. I'm like, you know what? Like all this time I'm flying. If I spent that working or doing other stuff, I probably make more money. Right. And then, um, you brought him up earlier, but one of my good friends is Alex Ramosian and he was talking to me a lot and, uh, he's actually really helped and influenced my life because he's, He's like, I look at him as someone who's my age, who's really crushing it. And so we've been able to have conversations and he just said, Hey dude, look, like you can stay there and like focus on money or you can come and be happy because he's like, why would you want to stay there? And I was like, we'll save money on tax. He's like, is there any other reason? I was like, no. He's like, if all things were equal, where would you live? I was like, Miami. He's like, then why do you care? Because he's like, it's a bad mindset. He's that's like, one. That's what he asked, why do you care? Yeah. He's like, he's like, because he's like one, like you're down here with people who are trying to save and they're not trying to think bigger. They're not trying to like make more. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need to be around people who are just like, they're going to pay their tax and just make more. And then two, he just said, when you die, are you going to care? Like, he's like, when you die and you're 85, are you going to be glad you're worth a billion or 2 billion, a set of 500 million or whatever the number is. Right. And when he said that, I was like, you're right. Yeah. He's like, you're right. Because you know, it doesn't make sense. And then, to really kind of solidify it, I got my tax bill when I was in Puerto Rico and they're like, oh, so the first year it's 50% at the Puerto Rican level and 50% of your income at the US level. And then you got to buy a house. And then, you know, the houses down there, they've gone from two to 3 million in nice areas to 19 million. So then all the money I was going to save, I was going to buy a house. And there's just all these rules they don't tell you about. So finally, I'm like, I'm just coming back. And so I just paid taxes like I hadn't left. I actually wasted a whole year. I was really upset about it. Wow. But I came back, and so I'm done with that. Uh, I know a couple people have done it, but I just it's just not for me. And it does, I don't wow. think it makes sense. That's, that's crazy. So if, yeah. you're, if you was thinking about that, was, <laughs> yeah, you know what's it. funny? The I irony is I was thinking about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about going to Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, kind of the same deal. But just for me, I don't. It's yeah. just like, if you are going to live there, no matter what, then do it a hundred percent. But the thing with Island life is there's a reason people don't want to stay there because it, everything takes forever. It's super slow. Like the Puerto Rican government, when I was there, it's not, they're not efficient. It took forever to get anything done. The roads are really bad. You know, it's a third world country, right? Yeah. And so, um, they do have nice areas, but then, you know, I just feel like the quality of life is much lower because there's less to do. There's less people there. There's less connections, and then you're flying all the time. Yeah. And so, just for me personally, I didn't think it was worth it. it. And I think when Alex talked to me about just thinking, hey, if you were 85, when you look back, are you gonna be glad you lived in Puerto Rico during wow. the best years of your life to make more money? And I was like, no. And he's like, then you need to come back. And so that really kind of helped me make that decision. It's crazy. That actually shows shows me. <laughs> Literally, you just showed me the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, like, was, it's not worth it. You just need to make more. And that's what he challenged me. He's like, bro, learn how to make more money. He's like, instead of spending all your time trying to save money and like all the tax loopholes, everyone's always looking for a loophole. Yeah. He's like, bro, Rich people don't do that. He's like, rich people focus on making more money. He's like, so stop trying to do all these tax because you spend so much time on it. Like I've had, I've had like 12 people who I was like talking to about tax strategies to save more and they all say something different. It's like a lawyer, right? Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is a dead end because I don't know. And they all say something different. 
And so finally, I was like, no, forget it. Like, this is the guy I'm going to use. That's it. I'm not listening to anyone else. I'm just going to pay my tax. And I'm going to make more. And that's just the best way to do it, in my opinion. You know, it's like, it's a human being thing, right? Like, we always feel like we want to do something to right. save ourselves something. Right. Actually, a friend of mine was telling me about his father-in-law will drive an extra mile to get, get gas cheaper. Oh, bro, just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a waste of time. And they sat him down, it's like, okay, the difference of the gas, long story short, they made the math, and he was actually not getting anything. Because he's like, he's probably driving far enough to waste the gas that costs, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it's just it's a waste of time. Literally and it's a bad, like, I, I get the mindset, like, especially, like, even Dave Ramsey, like, I'm not against Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. but a lot of his advice is, like, for people who are in debt. But if you're trying to get rich, you got to think differently. Yeah. It's just a different game. You can't save your way to wealth. You have to learn how to make more. So stop trying to do it. And, like, I think this is something that I personally, it doesn't matter how hard things are for me. I don't want yeah. Uh, I don't want somebody to focus on or remind me of how hard things are. Like, yeah, no, you know, like, it doesn't help you. It's, it doesn't help. Like, let's just focus. Like on with the recession and, right now, pe- you know, people will complain. And I'm like, yeah. cool. It's an opportunity to be better because 100%. the best businesses will stay around. All the bad businesses will get, we'll go, get will go away. Less competition. And, yeah, and it's like, so just look at it as a positive. A lot of people have these mindsets that don't serve them. Like um, sometimes, especially like, um, you know, my girlfriend's an entrepreneur and sometimes like, uh, we'll have discussions with her or her friends and they'll say stuff like, oh yeah, girls like have a harder and this and that. And I'm like, you know what? You guys probably do, but like that doesn't serve you, right? Because like, what does that do? It's like, if you go into a situation you're like, well, I'm a girl and it's harder and there's less entrepreneurs. Like, I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm just like, yo, don't tell yourself that. Be like, you can be just as good. You have an opportunity to show guys like your value. I don't know. I just, I just think it's a lot of mindset from yeah. that standpoint, like looking at things in a positive light yeah. versus um, negative. And that's kind of when I came back to Miami, I was like, you know what, I get to be where I really want to be and I have the opportunity to be more focused on making more money and not traveling instead of like, oh, look at all this extra money I have to pay with taxes. Yeah. I just think it's like a terrible way to look at it. It's crazy. You know, that's a, a, a good segue to jump into something different, right? You were, sure. I saw a video where you mentioned that you, you changed your Lamborghini $500,000 yeah. car yeah. to an, to an Honda. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. Right. Yeah. Like, People, like entrepreneurship, you want to be, you know, you work hard, you're like, okay, I want to give myself this, I want to give right. myself this, all right. of that, right? And it's well-deserved, you know, if right. you can afford it by any means, you know, enjoy it. But what was, like, the mindset, mindset switch, you know? Yeah, so, the, I mean, the main reason I got the Lamborghini, just for, like, context for people to know, is I, as, when I started my business, that was on my vision board. So I printed out. I have a picture somewhere. I don't know oh, if wow. my video guys got it or not, but I, I printed out a picture of a red Lamborghini and I put it on my vision board. And that just to me was like, if I was wealthy, I don't know Lamborghini. So I was like, I'm going to get one of these. So the main reason I got it was just to kind of fulfill that prophecy. So when I bought it, I was like, yo, this is badass. Like, and I, I made a post where I was like, yo, I made this picture and then I bought it. Now the reality for me and like in my, everyone's different, but after you buy something, typically like after six months or like a extended period of time, it's not as cool, right? It's so cool. you buy a huge house, super cool. Six months later, it's less cool. Yeah. Car, six yeah. months later, it's less cool. Shoes, shirts. So for me personally, once that happened, it was the fact that it became less cool and it actually made my life worse. And the reason is because it's luxury cars have to have more maintenance. It has to have like a battery tender so the battery doesn't die and it stays mm-hmm. charged. Uh, valet would scrape my rims all the time um, wow. and it would cost me a ton of money. Uh, it was hard to park it. Um, it was like, it's less convenient to park here. I mean, people all the time I say, oh, I Uber everywhere. They're like, oh, you can't do that in Miami. I'm like, yes, you can. A hundred percent you can Uber here everywhere because everything's so close. Um, and then it was also just the fact that, you know, I bought the car and it was cool, but you start realizing people don't really care. And so I'm like, did I buy this car for me or did I buy this car for, to look cool? And like, I can't speak to all the guys who might be watching this, but for me, when I drive a Lamborghini, like I had, when I was single, it's like super fun, right? Cause you're like, oh cool, like girls will see it, da da da. But when you get a girlfriend, like I have a girlfriend and it's like, she doesn't care. And I was like, fuck, like, I don't (laughs) care. And then all the guys, the guys look at him like, yeah, but like, you're a dude, so like, I don't care if you care. So then I just realized like, I'm doing these things for external validation, I don't really care. And so for me, I definitely now value experiences way more than like a Lamborghini. Like for example, um, I would rather pay $50,000 to go to like a heat game in the front row than buy like a car. Like it just cause of me, cause that is the experience. And so it's just also values 
And then just understanding, like, a lot of people don't care. And then also, like, you know, super wealthy people, like, they don't care either. They're just like, yeah, dude, you got a car, you don't have a car. And so you just got to, like, live the life that fits you best. And on top of that, last thing I'll say is just most people, they buy those, and it puts unnecessary stress on their life because they want to look cool. Mm -hmm. And they can't really afford it, but they buy it, right? And so even when I sold it, some people are like, oh, yeah, you probably couldn't afford it. I was like, bro, I mean, whatever, I don't care. But (laughs) the reality is that for me, it just brought this unnecessary stress in my life. And the whole point of becoming wealthy is to have less stress. Like It's to have less problems. And I felt like it was like, it was like having a kid or a dog. Like I had to always make sure it was okay and like have it charged up. And I was always checking the rims and I was like, oh, is someone going to scratch it? I'd be scared someone would scratch it because wow. it's, you know, it's like an expensive vehicle. So anyways, uh, that, that's kind of my story at the Lambo. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. Another thing that you mentioned is now you have a girlfriend, you have yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Me personally, I think that this is the hardest, hardest thing to, to go through, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when you're starting up, you're starting, you, nobody knows you, you're just scraping things around to try to figure things out. Nobody yep. want to be with you then. Yep. But when they get to see the lifestyle, they see everything, the success, everything, yep. you just get a lot of a lot of people just coming in. Coming oh, in. yeah. And tick, tick, tick. you have somebody come to visit you and the first thing they go do is like they go straight out to look at the view. It's like, oh, I have a beautiful view. And yeah. It's like, okay, you came here for the view, right? <laughs> and like, okay, wrong one, right? And I'm just doing the math in my right, head, right? right? So how did you go by? And, like, and I know there's another question on top of that. How sure. did you find like this one? Yeah. So the first thing is to your point, understanding is like, that was part of the reason I wanted to be successful because when I was trying to start my business and I wasn't, I felt like a loser. Like I didn't have a nice car. I didn't, I couldn't take a girl on a date. Literally I would work all day as a server. I make a hundred bucks and then I go on a date and I'd spend a hundred bucks. Everything I made in the day. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be successful if I focus on girls and most girls aren't going to want to be with me if I don't become more successful. Cause there, there is the gold digger. Thing, yep. Right. So people are like, oh, she's a gold digger. But you also have to be fair where girls, they want to be taken care of a lot of the times, yep. even if they're very entrepreneurial, they, they have that, you know, normal, that's typically a normal desire they have. And so what I did is from 23 to about um, 27, <clears throat> I just focused solely on my business. And then once I became a millionaire, 27 is when I became a millionaire, I actually started dating. That's how I found her. And then I found she was actually an entrepreneur too. So for me personally, every guy is different. I find there's two types of guys. Guy number one, he likes a lot of control. So he makes a lot of money so that he can find a girl who kind of needs him and he can control her. That's how I view it. And I see that's what most guys prefer in my opinion. I personally don't like that because it makes me feel used. Like, is she only with me for my money or does she like me, Mm -hmm. right? That's where my mind goes, just because of the way I was raised and how I grew up. So what I try to do is I try to find a girl who makes her own money and I help support her, I can do things for her, but at the end of the day, she's like, I don't need you. And I prefer that. Some guys don't because then I feel like they feel they lose control because they can't tell her what to do because she's like, you know, like if you can control a girl, right? You can do sometimes outrageous stuff. Like, you know, some of my girlfriend's friends, I feel like they let guys do stuff they shouldn't let them do. And the reason I think they do it is because the guy has money, he has clout, so they're like, oh, like, I don't want to lose this, so... I'm not going to say anything about stuff he does they don't like. With my girlfriend, if I do stuff ultimately she doesn't like, like she's in a position where she's like, okay, like I'm good. I don't need you. And she can leave. And personally, I prefer that um, because then I know she likes me. And I'm like, she's with me for me. So for me, though, I think it goes back to the same thing. Become the person you want to become, and then you will attract those types of people. People, like you don't have to send all these DMs and do all these things. Dan Bilzerian, yes, he's like way out there, right? He's like playboy extraordinaire. But if you notice, like he brings, the the girls come to him. He's not going to the girls. And the reason is they see his lifestyle and they want to be around him. So I think when you can become a high like level male or, you know, alpha male or whatever you want to say, you'll bring more people into your circle automatically because you're becoming a person they want to be around. And yeah, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Like, you know, they're not gold diggers. They're not trying to use you, but the highest level males are bringing people to them by what they do, not by messaging a hundred girls on Tinder every day. So the way I did is I just became who I felt would be a high value male. And then 
I started attracting more women. And then I found a girl who kind of fit my lifestyle and would understand it. Because for me, it's hard to date women who are not entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, because they don't get it. Like, and we don't have a lot in common. So I'm like super excited about work. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is they're like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she gets it. And so we were laid on a lot of levels. It's a lot that way. easier. It's a yeah. lot easier to go through a, a hard day. You know, imagine oh, yeah, a stressful day. And she allows it. Like, she lets me work. And that's important to me. So I've always wanted to be with a girl who will allow me to work. I don't like being with a woman who, you know, they're like, oh, you're working too much. Like, I don't like that. And so, yeah, there's there's balance. Obviously, you got to go on dates, got to give them some time. But, like, I can get up at 5 and she'll let me work till 7 or 8. And then if I give her 8 to 10 or 8 to 9, she's cool with that. And that's perfect for me. Some people, they want, like, 5 to... Well, four or five hours. I'm like, look, I can't. I, I gotta get stuff done. So that's just personal preference, though. Wow. Yeah, that's that's incredible. You know, another thing is that you know, being a successful man, right? Yeah. That pretty much you have everything. You have the look. You have the, you know, the energy. You have like the, your life is fun. Yeah. Right. So you have a lot of girls consistently trying to get to you, right? Yeah. So you feel like you have a lot of options. Sure. And one of the, the amazing thing that. Mark Mason in his, mentioned in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he mentioned that there is yeah. freedom and commitment. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard the paradox, I'm like, what? That sounds like yeah. freedom to me, commitment, you know. Yeah, it's like the opposite, right? Right, it's like yeah. the opposite. I'm like, that, I want to give you actually that, this question. Right? Yeah. Nowadays, you feel like, okay, you have a lot of, a lot of the, you know, everything that a girl see attractive. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it doesn't matter what your situation, you're going to get hit with people. What yeah. you, like, girls going to hit you up. Yeah, no matter what. No matter, no matter what. what. How do you contain yourself? How do you build a discipline? Yeah. Because I believe that it's actually an, a, a place that you don't want to get into, you know, because sure. when you go out with a bunch of girls, let's mm -hmm. say you went out with like 50 girls, mm -hmm. 60 girls or 70 girls, it becomes hard for you to find satisfaction in that one. I agree. Yeah, so I'm actually glad you asked this and like being fully transparent. This is actually something I've struggled with a lot. Um, so like a little background, uh, my girlfriend now, we've been on and off like a lot over the last four years. So like when someone asks me, they're like, how long have you guys been dating? I say four years, but we've been on and off a lot and I was struggling through that. So from personal experience, um, here's where I'm at and uh, hopefully this will help someone. So when we first started dating, it was amazing because I had a girlfriend in four years. Um, and so we started dating and like everything was great. It was awesome. And then, you know, like I'd say three or four months in, I was like, man, like, I don't know, like she's great, but like she's the same girl da, da, da. and I was like, okay, I'm going to break up. And she probably shouldn't have allowed me, but like we, we would be on and then we'd be off. Then we'd be on and we'd be off. And when we were off, I would go, you know, start dating a bunch of girls and hooking up and all these types of things. And don't get me wrong, it's fun, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, I equate like, you know, dating a bunch of girls or hooking up to like drinking alcohol or like, you know, some people they do drugs or like yeah. they get that quick high, but then it comes down. Right. Yeah. And so I would do that. And I was like, man, like there's not a lot of substance to these girls. Right. Like we have a great time, but then I didn't want to like hang out with them after I didn't want to like do stuff. I was like, yeah, like, Just you know, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. You want them to go home. And so the first thing that it took me like two years to learn and it was, we had a, it was unhealthy in our relationship, just being honest, like it was, and, uh, I didn't treat her the best. And, and it was the fact that I kept breaking up with her, right. It wasn't fair to her, but I really had to learn after like multiple times of doing that, that I prefer a girlfriend over being single because I really, I, I think for some guys, you guys rush into dating or you think you have to have a girlfriend. You don't, if you're not sure, like date around, figure out what type of girl you like, what qualities you like. That's okay. That's actually part of what dating is. So you can, when you find the girl that fits, you'll know it's her. So that's the first step. Um, now that we're back together, like what you said, and we've been, we've been solid for like a year and a half now. Like wow. it's actually crazy because like we had so many problems in the beginning that mostly probably stemmed from me doing that. Obviously two people, but, a lot of it stemmed from that, that now that we've been together for this like last year and a half and it's been super smooth, like night and day difference. Like it used to be super toxic to the point people were like, bro, like you guys need to like split. And now it's like total opposite. And I think it was that it was first coming to that understanding. And I think every guy has to go through it. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. Like girls usually mature a little faster than guys. I think that's just the truth. Yep. They want to get married a little sooner and you know, some of us don't. And so as a male, you just have to be honest with yourself and just go date for a while until you feel you're there. Um, once you get there though, it never goes away. It and so it doesn't go away. never goes away. Like you're always going to be 
tempted to have temptations. I don't think there's a, I don't necessarily think there's a right way to do it. Um, you know, it's 2022 now and people will say all kinds of stuff. Like you'll see like Aubrey Marcus, he was like huge proponent of open relationship. Now he's like the complete opposite. You'll see other guys who are like, oh yeah, I still do it. You'll say some people stay monogamous, some people are just straight up cheating. And so my philosophy is like, everyone's different. I don't, I think it's hard to give people direct advice because relationships, religion, politics, it's like, oh, it's wow. all out there. But my personal opinion is like, the best thing is to just always be honest. Like always be honest with your intentions and don't lie because if you go to someone and let's say you want a certain thing in the relationship that's like out there, as long as you're honest about it and you bring that to them and you're like, hey, here's something I want, you give them the opportunity to see either accept it or say no. But when you start cheating and you start doing stuff behind their back, like I just never think that's the answer and you always will feel worse and be worse off. And so, um, for me, it was figuring out I prefer a girlfriend over being single. So if I had to choose, like gun to the head, it's like I would rather be in a relationship than not. And then once I'm in it, um, those struggles will always be there. But it's either, like what you said, you either just decide, like, this is the route I'm going. I'm not going to do that. Or if, like, depending on the dynamic, if you want those things, you need to find someone that you can be honest and open with and they're okay with it. But that's the only two ways I've seen to do is, like, just being brutally honest and you either say, here's the direction I'm going, I'm not doing those things, or you find someone who's okay with it, but understand, and I personally believe this, if you do that where there's some type of like open component, right? It makes it way more difficult. And so sometimes there's a trade-off, right? So people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm single and like, oh, I can't date other girls, but I'm like, but it keep, there's there's benefits to that. There's benefits to keeping your life simplistic. 100%, 100%. These guys who do open, it may look cool, but at the same time, like you're not seeing the doubts of like, well, you're his girl, dude, she's dating other guys or it create, it can create all this drama and friction that like you otherwise wouldn't have. So 100%. I just bring that up because I know some people like they've, they've asked those questions. I asked a lot of entrepreneurs those questions because when I was on the come up, I was like, man, how do you do it, bro? Like, how do you say no? Like I'm in Miami, there's beautiful girls everywhere. Like, how do you do it? But I think that those two things I've learned is one, being in a relationship for me personally is always better than dating a bunch of girls. And then two, like just being honest and open. And like, I think that was, you got to find someone that like, even if you have struggles that you can be honest and open with them about and they'll like accept you. And I think that makes all the difference because 100%. some guys will be like, Oh yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It's easy. And I'm like, I mean, dude, you're a guy, you're a guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's literally, it's like, I, I, I see it right now. It's like, I've had some great people in my life mm -hmm. that I've like literally, kicked out just because of that you know yeah and it's very challenging so in miami specifically i mean miami, like miami it's it's normal literally. to like go around and just kind of sleep around and cheat and so i'm not here to judge anyone or tell them how to live but i think like you either have to decide which direction you're going or you got to be super honest i don't 100%. think lying or being deceitful is ever the answer no 100 percent. that's powerful no, we really took this to a whole different, <laughs> different. Yeah, we totally changed yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> and let's go back to business. Sure. Now, five years later, elite CEOs have a lot of you have helped a lot of clients. How yeah. many clients do you think you have now? So, if students? you count all our products, because some people ask and they'll hear different numbers, but it's like high ticket clients and then total clients. So, high ticket clients, we've helped over about three thousand who've paid at least sixteen thousand dollars. That's oh, the wow. minimum. Uh, total is probably more around 16 or 17,000. So if you include all our low ticket products or courses, like our mid tier stuff. Um, so it's been a lot, it, wow. it's been a lot of clients. Yeah. You know, there's this notion of a lot of people that hate successful people. I don't know the re what the real reason yeah. is, but I was talking about it like to a friend last time. Do you know yeah. how much work is required to make those $350 million in sales? Yeah. Well, so, and, and for context, like those are our client sales and that's what we can track. Yeah. Uh, there may be more, 100%. but we know that for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a ton of work and you know, to your point, I mean, there's a lot of people who do hate. I think the first thing to understand, like one, uh, I got, you just get over it. Like it, it's like if someone keeps punching in the face every day, eventually you're just like, okay. So it bothers you less. And then two, nine times out of 10, there's something bad going on in their life or you have to, you have to think of it this way. Mm -hmm. When you see someone successful, maybe you or me, when I saw Billy Jean, that was, that was the first guy I remember. I saw him and I was like, man, like, is, what is he? He's not better than me. Like, what is he yeah, doing? And I was like curious, right? He's like this curiosity of like, what is he doing that I'm not? 
the person who is losing that life, they go, he's a trust fund baby. Yeah. He's this, he's yeah. that. And then and then they'll be like, oh, he's not a trust fund baby. He's not this. And then they, oh, they look for some angle of why he is where he is. And then the reality is like that thought, even if it was true, if he's a trust fund baby, it doesn't serve you. I remember when someone said that to me, I was like, dude, my dad's a teacher. <laughs> we have seven kids. Like there, there's no trust fund for me. I promise there's nothing waiting for me. And, um, yeah, so I, I, like, I think you have to have, like, compassion and empathy. I think Gary Vee does the best because a lot of times when people lash out, mm -hmm. there's something bad going on in their life. Yeah. People killing it don't care. They're, They're too care. busy. Like, They're I'm too busy in my life 100%. to worry. I'm like, hey, dude, if you're killing it, great. If you're not, like, I'll try to help you. There's just no reason to put someone down. So, 100%. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good thing to recognize, though, because you'll see even, like, some YouTube channels. That's how they make their whole thing. They just talk down on everyone all the time. And I just, I don't see any benefit in that, and it doesn't feel good. I don't personally like having beef with people or vendettas. Um, and so when someone tries to start something with me, I either just straight up ignore it, you or I'll just like, hey man, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, like X, Y, Z, and kind of leave it at that. You know, it's pretty much like people, they're trying to talk to you so they can feel like that you they're getting your attention so they can enjoy yeah, the cloud that you have, or whatever. yeah, whatever it might be, yeah, but try to take advantage of the situation. But, work but hard. yeah, but the cool thing too is like I've just recently I I should have actually podcasted it. Um, mm -hmm. I kicked myself in the face for that, but I talked to um, Paul Orfelia, sold Kinkos for two point four billion. I talked to Kim Perel, she sold a hundred and two hundred fifty million dollar company. I talked wow. to just multiple people. Um, I can't even list them right now, but every time I got on a call. Uh, I was looking at them as like, wow, they are so much farther ahead than me. And I was like going with questions and every single one of them, almost all of them, like, dude, you have an amazing business, like well done. And I'm like going, I'm like, ex you're expecting the opposite. I'm like, tell me like what I'm doing wrong. Tell me how bad yeah. I suck. And they're like telling you great things. And so that's the interesting thing with successful people is they want to see you win and they don't 100%. care. It's and, and because it doesn't affect them and they realize that it's always the people who are at the bottom that try to kind of pull you down, pull you down. and um, um, you know it makes me sad especially when I see someone who like they're early in their journey and they get more affected I've been just doing it for so long now it's like whatever um, but that's like what makes me sad because it's like that guy's just trying to be the best he can be and you're pulling him down pulling and there's down. just no reason for it you know it's funny I have an amazing story yeah in 2016 Grant Cardona was one of the guys that I like. I literally followed everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere he's at, I'm like, on him. What's he doing? And one time he's, yeah. he came to New York, and I said, yeah. he made a snapshot, and I saw the hotel he was living. You're like, I'm was going. In. I was like, I'm going. <laughs> I went there and I sat down from 8 p.m. to like two in the morning. He sat down with you? Me. I sat down to, at the hotel at 8 p.m. Oh, to no two way. in the morning, just waiting. Oh my gosh! I'm like, Is man. it in already? And I saw he's still at dinner. I was like, yeah. Sat wow. in, in the hotel for like six hours. Yeah. And he walked in like around two with his wife and Ryan. Yeah. And I was like, Mr. Grant. And he's like, Have you been waiting for me? I was like, Yeah. He's like, You crazy? How long have you been here? I was like, About five, six hours. He's like, If you was in Miami right now, I'd have hired you. And he, I was like, Yeah, I just have a couple of questions. I believe you're the best person to answer those questions. He's like, Give me a minute. I walk my wife upstairs and come back down. He wow. came back down at 2 in the morning, sat wow. down with me in the lobby, talked to me, like for That's almost awesome, an hour. Dude. And you know what he did at the end of, at the end of our conversation? He's like, where's your phone? Let's do some, something cool. He took my phone and he's like, guys, follow this man. This man is going to have some massive success in his life, folks. Wow. And when you mentioned that you talked to all these big people and you was expecting them to tell you, oh, what did you do wrong? And like how... You know, you admire them a lot, but they're like, dude, you're going places. Yeah. Right. They give you all this compliment. Yeah. It made me thought of, think of, you know, what Grant Cardone did. As a kid so with cool, a, a negative bank and account. He could, and he could have just ignored you. And that's, yeah, a, and that's, a, that's a thing, too, that I love because, like, sometimes... Like, I feel like I need to do better because I'll have some, I'll be in Miami and someone will be like, Tanner, and I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, you know. But I, I try to do that as well because it's funny. Grant gets so much heat online, but I met him in person and I had the same experience where, like, I felt like he gave me so much attention. He's really listening to my questions. And um, it was a small yeah. group, it was a small group of people, it was some pretty high level people, but I, I had a great experience with Grant. Um, I have, so I have nothing but good things to say about him. And so I'm glad to hear that too because, like, I keep hearing that. From people I meet in person and so it just it's sad though because people will make these you know they'll look at someone online they make all these judgments I'm like bro you don't know them you don't know like you, you haven't met them in person that's actually a really cool story because oh, like yeah. 
he could have totally ignored you and you probably just would have been like so deflated, but instead he spent a little time and who knows how much that possibly helped you. This, this, it literally has been a big driver. That's and awesome, my dude. success, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going to have him on the podcast one day and tell That's him badass. And he's literally right up here. Yeah, literally right here. Too. Yeah. I literally, I'm, I'm planning some things yeah. to, like, actually meet him, but I want to meet him in the best state possible so yeah. I can really make it a big moment for me and for him as well. Okay, so, right. yeah, it's, that's, it's that's been a, epic. That's an awesome story. Yeah. You know, so back to elite CEOs. Yeah. What you mentioned, you have like a couple of few programs, high yeah. level and like you know courses and different type of yeah. programs for you know the people that are watching right now. Either you know we're gonna have people watching this that are current entrepreneur thinking about changing an industry because they hit a wall in their current industry, or you're gonna find people that that are just starting, right? They wanna yeah. become an entrepreneur. They work in corporate. They saved a lot of money, and they just hate it and they wanna yeah, find a way out. out. So what do you, like if you can go through your programs and just give an like a description of the avatar sure. so those people can you know find which program exactly yeah grab yeah so i mean we have two main avatars right so the first one's obviously the trainers because i built a big fitness business and that still to this day we get tons of trainers and i think it's just because i kind of first put my foot in the fitness industry mm -hmm. the second type of person we get is what i kind of call the like a general business owner for me that's just anyone outside of fitness so yeah. i'm like you're either a trainer or you're a general <laughs> business owner um so what we specialize in is we help people build out high ticket services so typically you know 1500 plus that's like the lowest more times than i like three thousand dollars plus um mm -hmm. typically three to four month programs and uh, so if someone to come in, first thing we help them do is get like, you know, two to three deals organically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to make this. I want to build that. I'm like, dude, you have no money. You need money. Yeah. You know, and they start trying to like, it's, it's like Shark Tank. They think they're on Shark Tank where they're going to, you know, build all this stuff and do all these things. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, like just sell it. And so when I sold my first fitness program for context, I, I started messaging people, got them on a call, closed them. And then I just sent them an Excel sheet. They just paid 3000 I was like, hey, look, I'm going to build my app. Um, it's not done yet. Use this. And then all I did is I like got a, a white labeled app and then I started building it. So first thing we do is organic messaging, teach them how to do that. Most people, uh, they think they're good at, it, but they're not. It's kind of like talking to girls, you know, every guy's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, bro, bro, you got no game. Like, zero, you know? Uh, and so you help them with that. And then once they get that down, we really start trying to turn on paid ads because most people don't have a big following. Yep. So it's like, learn how to message, get them on a call, close, and then we start showing them how to do paid ads. And then the goal is from there, their business really starts to grow because they have consistent leads. Because, you know, most of the clients I'm sure you got too, they don't have big followings. They're not Logan Paul, they're not Mr. Beast. And so the goal really as a coach is how can I take someone who has very little skill and very little assets and still help them be successful? Um, and that, and so that's the goal. So there's obviously a lot more, I mean, I could go as much detail as you want, but that's like the premise. And then once they get that, we start helping them with fulfillment and marketing, their mm -hmm. funnels, uh, email automations, you know, tech. Uh, we've just been doing it a long time, so it's like, I feel like oh, we do A to Z. But that's the main things is most people, they're not good at leads and they're not good at sales. And that's why their business is, uh, you going know, underground. going, yeah, because like if you can make sales, no matter how bad your program is, you can always make it better. But if you have a great program, but you can't make sales... They're going to go out of business. They're going to go out of business, 100%. Yeah. Now that's powerful. So for people that are watching now, do you have anything like like intermediary or like, you know, just for first-time entrepreneur that is not in the fitness yeah. industry, that doesn't have a product, yeah. just want to get something, you know, just maybe a mindset thing mm -hmm. or anything of that yeah. level? Well, so the first thing is like, obviously, I'm starting to take my content a lot more seriously. That's that's also yeah. why I'm here with you because yeah. I, I want to I start really putting myself out there more. Um, and then I'd say like go on my YouTube, there's a ton of content there. And then we also put out a lot of free stuff. So we actually used to sell Facebook ads academy, YouTube ads academy, uh, funnel templates, email automations, like how to message, how to do sales. We used to sell that for like a hundred bucks. Now we're giving it all away for free. Mm -hmm. And so if people like will go on my page, they'll actually find a lot of these things for free in my uh, Facebook group. And so like, if you just start there, it's very specific skills, right? A lot of things I hated about being an entrepreneur when I started was I read books and it was like very general. And so I read, I was like, yeah, like I'm super motivated, but like, what do I do? What do I do? And so I try to make stuff that's very tactical. So it's like to learn a specific skill. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we put out for the beginners. And then we try to just drive a lot of content. It's like my free Facebook group, my YouTube. Mm. Um, I'm starting to do a lot more podcasts like this. So if yeah. people find it, they can get stuff from the conversations. 100%. Um, but yeah, like 
that's usually what we try to do with beginners. And then um, the next step up from that is a program we call Elite Launch Academy. Elite and it's kind of a, it's a lower price kind of group program where they can get help with the coaches, but it's just a little bit more at their level so they can take their time mm -hmm. versus like coming right into a high ticket, super high yep. cost yep. program. Um, so it's like those two things. Wow, powerful, powerful. Yeah. Man, I think we can go all night. <laughs> yeah, probably good. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a, lot of great, a lot of great stuff. Yeah. So let's, you know, wind it down a little bit sure. and just wrap it up. You know, we like nobody was born with the, like, with the magic switch to get motivated anytime they want to be motivated. Mm -hmm. I know there's days that you get up, you're like, you know, people know you as a high performer. There's days that you get up and you just don't feel like it. Yeah. 100%. Today was one of those days. <laughs> you know, and I'll tell people, if somebody tells you they're always motivated, they're lying. Uh, There's uh, nobody like that. Sometimes yeah. you're going to wake up and you just want to just chill on the couch and yeah. eat some Doritos or something. You know, yeah. How do you handle those type of days? Yeah, I, I think it's just keeping the angle in mind. Um, a lot of people, they focus on the destination, but it's really the journey. Mm -hmm. And what makes the journey worth it is the hard stuff. Like, think about it. Like, if life was always easy and you were yeah. always happy and things were always good, you couldn't, like, feel joy. And on the vice versa, if every, like, if you were always sad and things always sucked, like, you couldn't really feel happy. Or I think I'd flip that around, depression and joy. You get what mm -hmm. I'm going with. Yeah, so, yeah. but the point is, like, you do things even when you don't feel like it because that is what makes it worth it. Yeah. Right? So, like, when I made my first million, I just remember, man, all the time, all the effort, that's what makes these moments so big. Special. Yep. Yeah, because if like it was just handed to me, and, oh my dad gave me a million dollars, I'm a millionaire. There's no, there's no weight. It doesn't carry. It. It's the same thing with relationships. Why are people who've been in a relationship for seventy years? Why is it so like passionate? Because they've been in it for seventy freaking years. Yeah. It's like all that time and effort and commitment. Um, uh, so, so yeah. So I mean, that's to me what keeps it going. And then the fact people count on you. Because when you're a solopreneur, like, you know, most people watching this are still a solopreneur, but when you have a team, my team counts on me. Yeah. And, and if I, like, you know, Greg Cardone, like, bro, if he shut his stuff down, he'd be fine, but yeah. all these people count on him. And so I look at it as, like, my responsibility to wake up and be my best every day because people count on me. And it just, I love to grow and I love to be, like, I love to do, I love what I'm doing. I want to be the best I can be. And, it's just because we're only here for a short time and a lot of what we do doesn't really matter in the grand scheme, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, Betty White died a few months ago. I haven't heard her yeah. name since, right? And, and we're going to be just like that. 100%. We're, we're going to be just like that. A hundred years from now, no one's going to know who we are. And uh, maybe, maybe if they still have YouTube, they're watching this <laughs> on YouTube. But the point is like, you should wake up and be excellent every day because we're only here a short while. And I just, I just, why would you want to live any less than that? Um, you know, like literally it doesn't make sense. You know, I have yeah. like a, a really fun saying, right? Live the life like you're in a movie. And you're the movie star. Right. And, and you're the movie star. Imagine you're going to tell your life, you, you know, your kid's going to turn up, turn on a movie yeah. about you yeah. to your grandchildren. Yeah. What would you want the movie to be like? All I want my movie to be is they, you know, um, I'm not like super religious, mm -hmm. but you know, in the Bible, they have this story of the, like, the talents, right? So Jesus gives three men, I believe it's like one talent, five talents, ten talents. Mm -hmm. And two of them come back and they doubled it, right? And he's like, good job, like, good job. you guys crushed. Mm -hmm. you know, for like, that's not really what he says, but I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But then the one guy holds it, right? And Jesus is like, man, like, why didn't, why didn't you do anything with it? Like, I gave you this talent, you didn't do anything. And he was so scared of like losing it that he just held on to it. And so when I'm 85 or I'm about to die, let's, I, you know, I hope I get to like 80. If I get to 80, I'm good. That's why I tell my family. Yeah. 80, I'm good. 80, we're good. Like, I just hope that I can look back and be like, man, like I maximized all my talents and I want my family and my kids to be like, dad, like did everything he did. He did it. He um, left it all in the film. Because what, that, that's all there is. It doesn't, it doesn't, and that's the thing. It doesn't even matter if you become successful. It doesn't even matter if you become a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever your goal is. All that matters is like you put forth your best effort and I'll, I'll leave off on the note. When I couldn't play football anymore, that was one of the hardest like times of my life. Wow. But the reason I could walk away and I felt proud is I knew I did every extra workout. I did every extra set. I went to all the summer training camps, this, even the stuff that wasn't mandatory. Wow. And so when it ended and I was standing next to, like I played with Ezekiel Lanza, 
fifth pick in the draft, Pro Bowler. Wow. Randy Gregory just got a $60 million contract. Jeez. I played with Damian Williams, who was a running back for the Chiefs. I don't know if he's on the Chiefs right now, but I played with these high-level people, and they were just better. They were just better, but I was like, I outworked all of them. And this was the best I could be. And when you can walk away like that, what do you have to be ashamed of? Yeah. But most people, they never try. And then they say they did try, but they really didn't. And so they look and go, man, what if? What and if so if you can leave life without a what if, and what other way is there to live? That worry at 80. You mentioned that 80. And that's, that's regret, man. That's, that's why people have regret. And so like, you even hear Gary Vee talk about, I, as long as I don't have regret, that's the best way to go out. You know, yeah. wow, this is incredible. Another thing is that you're like, you know, fitness. Yeah. And see what's like your morning routine. What's like yeah. fitness to you? you yeah. So, business. so I'm I'm glad I'm on Eastern time zone. I hate Pacific. Like I was in Las Vegas and I woke up and it was like pitch black and my team's already getting on calls and I, I hated it. But <laughs> in Miami, I like to wake up usually so I get to about four fifty. Nice. maybe 4.30, I go to the gym, it opens at 5, bang that out, and then I come back and I start work and I just go until, you know, bedtime. Like, we're still working. It's nighttime now, nighttime right? You know, so um, that's my routine. It's something crazy. I just get up, I immediately go to the gym, I bang that out, come home, do my first task, and then we start team meetings. Um, and that's what works for me. I used to, and again, I'm not against this, but I used to actually, you'd be, you'd be shocked. I would wake up at 3 a.m. So I could do an hour of meditation, I could do an hour of reading, mm -hmm. and then I could go to the gym for three hours, and I was like... That's a lot. Yeah, I was like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> and I was like, instead of like, because you do all this prep work, and then I was like, you know what? What if I just start working right when I get up? Yeah. Instead of doing all this extra stuff, and it's like you get more done that way. So I'm not against it if people like that, but for yeah. me, people do all these like... Gotta have my coffee, gotta stretch, gotta do this, gotta, I'm like, bro, just start working. A lot of things on the way. And you'll get more stuff done. Yeah. Instead of having to have, like, this set schedule, it's like, because also when they travel and stuff like that, then they can't function. Like, oh, I don't have my, my BOSU ball and this. Yeah. I'm like, bro, yeah. you just gotta do it. You just gotta get them and start going. <laughs> Making your life harder. For yeah, reason. no reason. Right? Yeah. Like, me personally, I struggle with sleep. And yeah. pretty much a lot of people can relate to it as well. The idea of just getting up and walking into the bedroom mm -hmm. is not something that I, I do most often. I fall right. asleep on the couch 80% of the time. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, literally. You're going until you drop. Literally. literally. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but like when I wake up in the morning, first thing, I made a commitment about two years ago, almost yeah. two years now, that it would work out every day for the rest of my life. And today is like what, 545 days. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Every on, morning, you get awesome. up, just get into the gym, even if it's 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things that people like really working out doesn't mean you're going to be in the gym for like yeah, an hour. Yeah. You can, I jump rope for 15 minutes if I wake up late and I have yeah. to, you know, get into the meeting. Yeah. I just go in the gym 15 minutes. I jump rope in the balcony. Yeah. I do some push ups around the house. That's my workout. Yeah. Done. Every day you do that, it's like pretty much you. Nothing yeah. these days is gonna make you sweat. Yeah. Nothing, literally. You're not lifting boats and like stuff. Yeah. That give yeah. you make you sweat throughout the day. So this is actually the hardest thing you're gonna do in the day. Yeah. Get that out of the way and you get the motivation and the energy. Well, and I think it's also a fact you keep the promise to yourself. Like the people with them, oh, I'll do it smart, but like it's so good for your mind when you say you're gonna do something and you do it. Yeah. Even if it's like not perfect, like you said, like yeah. it's not your three, it's not a three hour workout, but it's like you just make that promise and that commitment and you do it every day. There's something super powerful about 100%. that mentally. It's like your identity because I think that a lot of times we grow up to like some people are in a situation where they don't actually like themselves yeah. because they have lied them so, to themselves for so much yeah. that they lost respect for themselves. Right. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this and you don't do it. I'm going to do this and you don't do it. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to respect somebody that doesn't keep his promise? Yeah. So that's a hard one. And to, to wrap things up, yeah. do you have somebody today that you feel like, okay, when shit hit the fan, like, okay, when I'm in like a really confined situation and I need to figure something out, you have people that you call yeah. or do you have things that you listen to to, you know, yeah. to give your perspective again? Yeah. Well, like my two go-to people, mm -hmm. um, one is David Fry, right? So he's my first mentor who got David me Fry. into, yeah, he, he's connect, He's married to one of Russell Brunson's cousins and he oh, kind of nice. got me to click falls. And then, uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, um, Alex Ramosi, he's been oh, a really good friend of mine. And um, I always feel like I can ask him stuff. You know, I never like go over the top, like we're both busy guys and we got stuff going on, but I always feel like he's helped me with big questions in my life recently. And he's always kind of there to give me advice. We don't always agree. 
but that's the cool thing is like yeah. I like people who kind of tell me what they think and how it is and, and um, he's been a big influence on my life in a lot of positive ways and then you know from there like I have people in the networks I can reach out to but a lot of times um, between those two like that, yeah. that's all I really need you know those two guys really help me oh, so. powerful powerful let's go to books books that have influenced you yeah. do you think that every every person <laughs> watching right now can benefit a lot from yeah uh, like what my favorite books are yeah so I got like a whole list. Um, okay. I think, so the first book is, you know, I know this is popular opinion right now, but um, the $100 million offers book, I think Alex, right? You got it, right? Yeah. It was written so well. Oh, like it's just, just the way he wrote it. Like, so I made a book, mine's called Infinite Income, but I, just, I didn't, I felt after I read his books, like, dude, I didn't do a good job on this. Like I could have done so much better. It's like he set the bar so high and I think he made it so simple. For people to understand um and when i read it, i was like man that's that's great like it's and it was on one thing it was like one little thing mm -hmm. um so i think that's a great book i really love high performance habits by brendan burchard um yeah because it talks about people who like are really successful and how they kind of struggle to balance their life or like always strive for more and so he kind of talks about like that balance that that was like a really influential book for me um man there's like I actually like so many books on here. Uh, another good one is uh, Measure What Matters. So it talks about OKRs, you know, the founders mm. of Google. Um, a lot of great books by Gino Wickman about all things like operations. Uh, you got High Output Management, great book as well. Um, so, wow. but but I, I don't like, I don't try to read too much because sometimes what happens is you consume, 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 you never implement. So just, just to make sure when you read, implement before you start consuming more but i would say like those are books off the top of my head if i pulled out my like audible right, list well, i could probably be like this one this one this one <laughs> uh but those are like the ones that come to mind right off the top of my wow, head. wow that's powerful you know every time that i ask somebody because i'm actually a big reader yeah I read a lot a lot of books yeah so i'm always happy to have like a book that you suggested it makes me yeah. feel good about myself yeah you're like, so, oh yeah, i got all those books I have this <laughs> so throughout that i have a habit like something that I do on a podcast yeah I think that there is nothing more valuable to me personally as far as items you know than books it's yeah. always been my prize possession for a long period of time if somebody asks me can I have your book I'm like no I can buy you one I send it to your house nobody can get my books but I recently decided on a podcast every guest that come to the podcast I'm gonna give them access to my library oh, awesome. so that I can you, pick up any book that they relate to with the most so oh so you literally have, let me take any yeah, book i want literally there's oh, some man, here bro. i have a nano collection right here dude i love it and i have more on this side also so oh, shoot man do, do, I get, do i pick right now literally yeah anything all right so anything. i read this so that was an amazing book by the way Bulls, oh, i actually loved it epic. it was right before he kind of did the slap thing yeah he's still he's still he's still, he's oh, still he's the man this. Uh, okay. this is a new one, I think, 12 and a half, 12 right? and a half, like RV, yeah. How new is this? Is this the newest one? It's the newest one, the latest one, yeah. Man, I kind of want to read that then. Yeah. Uh, I know Atomic Habits was Atomic amazing. Habits. Hold on. Really it's it's because I read so many books, too. I kind of want to yeah. make... Never Split the Difference is actually... That's actually Power another house. one. Yeah. That's a really good one. No, just because I haven't read it yet, I'm going to steal Gary Vee. Like, I, 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 I like to read all this stuff. Yeah. I haven't read this one yet, so I'm going to steal this That's one. That's literally the new one. I'm going to read this. Nice. Amazing. Oh man, dude, Amazing. thank you so much. Uh, That's actually fire. Best <laughs> <That's> podcast <laughs> ever. Make sure you follow. <laughs> thank you for coming. Yeah, it's man. So epic. Appreciate glad you, we got to so do much, this. It's, it's fun. Let's do yeah. another one sometime down the line. 100%. And keep it going. All right, brother. Peace. See you guys. Guys, if you have not subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, you can go on YouTube and look for Tanner and Mohammadi's interview and you're gonna see it. Make sure you subscribe, share the video with anybody you think can benefit from this as well. Comment if you have a question and we we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care, bye bye.